Coming up, Briggs, Pricks, and Pigs. It's early 80s goodness with a side helping of digital blasphemy. Plus, the results of our spoilers poll coming up on this episode of Kiss the Goat. recall in our last episode we were talking about spoilers specifically if it's okay if we spoil a movie while trying to thoroughly cover it on the show we put it up to a poll on our facebook page to see what our listeners thought and the votes are in two of our voters said that we shouldn't spoil anything five of you said that spoilers were okay within a certain time frame and the consensus seemed to be that anything over a decade old was wide open for spoilers. But an overwhelming 17 voters said, spoil them all and let Satan sort them out. <laughs> now, we know we don't often cover brand new films on this show, but we might at times. You never know. And I personally would not want to spoil a movie that was only in release for a couple of weeks. Well, I, would, I wouldn't either. That seems wrong. And I would feel terribly guilty about doing that. My conscience couldn't take that. So if we cover a movie that's reasonably new, we'll leave the ending alone and let you discover that for yourselves. Then again, you got to remember that practically everything we review is more than 20 years old. I mean, fuck, the most recent movie that we've ever covered was what, Lords of Salem? Yeah, exactly. And it was like, what, two years old? Right. Definitely still within spoiler territory. So that's... So, so that's it. I mean, honestly, if you're if we're covering a movie you really want to see, but somehow you just haven't gotten around to it yet, then let our show serve as an impetus to buckle down and watch it. Yeah, quit fucking around. <laughs> watch the movie and then come back and have some fun with us. And we sincerely hope you've seen this episode's movie, which is 1981's Evil Speak, a delightful little flick with lots going for it. Yeah, man, lots of blood, lots of devilry, and lots of pigs. Large, nasty pigs. And we feel that we just must talk about that ending, so we'll be spoiling this 33-year-old movie. 33 years old. Mm -hmm. Hey, hang out through the break, and we'll get this party started right. We'll get this party started quickly, right? Right. Hey, Cherish. It's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen, or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's the 40s and some bitches, baby, yeah! Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy-fartsy films... Does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival! Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how. As raunchy as we can. <laughs> What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast sure is fucking. Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. <laughs> you don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. <laughs> fucking curb stomp a baby for a bacon. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro. Unforgivable. If you could stand all that... Come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. All the cool kids are doing it. Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Not getting the coverage of TV horror from the other podcasts out there? Then look no further than Evil Episodes Podcast, where we'll give you the in-depth coverage of all the best and the worst that the small screen has to offer. Oh my god, you're hearing just about the big screen? Listen to the small screen here on Evil Episodes, Mike, Corey, and Jamie. Man, we're going to make things weird for you and just uh, 
bring to you everything that you don't hear about that you should be watching on TV. Wow. Jamie, give us some examples. Uh, well, how about we talk about new stuff like American Horror Story or The Walking Dead or this, this season's Sleepy Hollow. Uh, but then not only that, we dig into old stuff like Tales from the Dark Side and Supernatural. Holy wow. moly. That sounds like a fun fucking podcast to me. You bet your sweet ass it does. And Jamie, where's the only podcast where they can hear about all that stuff? Well, it's Evil Episodes, of course. That's right. So set your DVR to channel 666 and let Evil Episodes give you the in-depth coverage of the stuff that deserves to be but isn't talked about elsewhere. Evil Episodes is a podcast podcasting network. He's, he's been quiet. He's been very quiet. Uh, it's weird. You don't expect him to take a holiday. I guess we should do a little digging into the past, see if we can come up with something that way. Okay, give me a second. Let me see what I can dig up. What do I do while you're looking? No, talk to the people. Stall. All right, hold on. Hi, uh, everybody. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat. Normally at this time, we have our Satan in the News segment, but there's... Not a whole lot of devil news lately. Even Oklahoma City is quiet. Jesus, there's not even anything recent on FactNet. Do you think it's because Christmas is coming soon? I don't know. It seems strange that there would be like a press blackout on the devil just because it's the Yuletide season. If I were the devil, I'd be doing more shit right about this time. Just trying to grab some attention. Seriously. So, what do real news shows do when it's a light news day? I, they talk about stuff that isn't really news, I suppose. Okay. Okay, hold on. I got it. Do people still listen to music? <laughs> what? Well, like pop music. <laughs> you know, top 40 shit. I guess. I don't. Uh, but I'm sure some people do. Excellent. Then hit the music. I. Grande. Now, I don't know a goddamn thing about her, except I think our daughter has maybe said her name a few times. Anyway, Ariana is apparently a demon magnet. Now, this story comes right from Spin Magazine, where they're reporting on an interview that Grande... Is it Grande? Is it Grande? Grand? Is it Venti? What the... Am I saying this right? I don't fucking know, but she is a tiny little thing. I call her Ariana Mini. <laughs> okay, well, regardless, while on tour last year, Ariana said this. Okay, and this is how I imagine she sounds in my head. Cause I have... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so we were in Kansas City a few weeks ago, and we went to this haunted castle, and we're so excited. The next night, we wanted to go to Stull Cemetery, which is known as one of the seven gates to hell on Earth. Even the Pope won't fly over it. <laughs> now, this is a new one on me. I had never heard. That was a very good impression, by the way. Like, I've never heard her either, but I'm positive that's about right. I'd never heard of Stull Cemetery, so I did a little research. Now, apparently, Stull has both a haunted cemetery and a deconsecrated church. Haunted cemeteries are a dime a dozen, but this church has a set of stairs that, according to legend, go to hell. Go directly to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. If this is the portal of hell, why don't you come up out of that ground and get us? Uh, Well, the legend goes on to say that if you do make it all the way down, it will take you two fucking weeks to get back up to the surface, even though it will only seem like you've been gone a few moments. 
And another legend says that once you get halfway down, an invisible force will drag you down the rest of the stairs. On Halloween night, the devil himself visits the cemetery, stopping to pay respects at the grave of a witch he once fathered a child with. The child shows up, too, in the shape of a wolf. (laughs) Now, Ariana claims that she took a picture of the cemetery with her phone, like you do. Uh, She also claims that she caught three distinct faces of demons. Now, she tried to send it to her friends, but she couldn't. The file was too big. Get this. It was 666 megabytes. (laughs) It's the selfie of the beast. (laughs) So one of America's biggest pop stars has seen evil beings at one of the most allegedly haunted graveyards in the United States. So what does all of this mean? We don't know. That's it for Satan the News this week with very little Satan and even less actual news. Time to liven things up a little around here. Let's get some really lapsed Catholics in this joint. And I mean professionally lapsed. So you want pro-lapsed Catholics on the show? Yes. Well, no, but yes. And carnivorous pigs and pre-internet computers and Clint Howard. Sounds like a party to me. So grab some unconsecrated host and a puppy, and when we come <laughs> dive into the 1981 cult classic, and I do mean cult, evil speak, back after this break. Hi, I'm Steven Seagal. That's right, Steven Seagal. And for the past 40 years, in between barbecue and oxen and roasting boar for my insatiable appetite, I never miss an episode of Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentaries. Ain't that right, Johnny? Hi, I'm Dr. Action. Hi, and I'm the Kick-Ass Kid. When I'm not watching action films, I'm usually polishing my gun while looking at a bat. And when I'm not watching action films, I'm normally outside with a harpoon killing puppies. But usually, you can find us both watching 80s, 90s action films. You could follow us on Twitter, Dr. Action Kick-Ass. You can find us on our main page, which is dractionkickass.blogspot.com. You can also find these on iTunes and TalkShoe. Yes, every week we do a commentary on an 80s and 90s action classic, and where we can, we also provide the film so that you can watch along with it. This podcast explodes. Hey, where's that baby mama at? I gotta tell you somebody. Banana is a promo, take one. Hey guys, it's Wazell and Z here. Yeah, we're just uh, kicking back in the laser lounge right now, taking a break from uh, what we normally do to tell you all about our show, Banana Laser. Uh, we're just here for sick fucks like ourselves that love horror movie and just, yeah, fuck. The Banana Laser Podcast, it's uh, every time. <laughs> 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 oh, why? And, um, you know, it's for sick fucks like ourselves. <laughs> so if you like salty commentary <laughs> and skewed views foul mouth skewed views and look uh, we're terrible at this I'm fucked up dude I, I, we I, are I, terrible <laughs> oh my <laughs> alright forget it fuck it uh, you can find banana laser at horophilia.com check us out on facebook join our facebook group Follow us on Twitter, Banana Laser Show. Look us up on YouTube, Banana Lasers, everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Look us up so you can join us. Everyone's known a boy like Stanley Coopersmith. Evil speak. He's the kid everyone used to pick on. Screwed up for the last time, Cooper Dick. Evil speak. You see, everyone felt Stanley was a joke. <laughs> An outcast with no one to turn to. You guys broke my catapult. You're going to pay for that. No one except man's most advanced machine. Evil speak. Stanley used the power of man 
to call on the powers of evil. I, Stanley Cooper Smith, command you! Oh my God. And all hell broke loose. Creatures with your strength and force, let them avenge me. Remember that little kid you used to pick on? Well, he's a big boy now. That is a ridiculously noisy trailer. There's lots of screams and explosions and heads flying off bodies. It certainly works better when you can see it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And even if you never see the movie, at least watch the trailer it shows a lot of what we would consider to be the good parts so eric weston's 1981 film evil speak is a delightful character study that touches ever so lightly on the topics of class warfare animal husbandry and the ever-present desire to rebel against an oppressive society in many ways, this film reminds me of that incredible milestone of French cinema, Jacques Totti's The fuck are you on about? Sorry. Go, go ahead. Okay. So, Evil Speak has the distinct honor of being named a video nasty. It was banned in the United Kingdom for a few years for fear it would co- would corrupt the youth. Like UK kids need help being corrupted. Right? Well, <laughs> Anton LaVey loved the movie and referred to it as very satanic. Not sure that's a shining endorsement, but you take what you can get. Evil Speak has a pretty good-sized following, and why not? You've got Clint Howard, Ron's brother playing the poor, picked-on social outcast. R.G. Armstrong as a drunken caretaker. Charles Tyner as a slimy colonel. And the great Richard Maul as Father Esteban. It's a great cast for a B-movie. It is. I mean, you got to give props to Clint Howard's forehead alone. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, but yeah, let's talk about... Esteban okay so when the film opens we see Father Esteban which I love that name Esteban Esteban Esteban. anyway we see Father Esteban and his followers on the beach building a fire having a good time you know a little bonfire on the beach it's fun looks like they're about to roast some weenies or something and then some real cathols show up you can tell because they're wearing white on the beach and it appears to be after Labor Day, and you got to be some kind of brave soul to get away with that shit. Anyway, they tell Father Esteban and his crew that they have been kicked out of the church. Except this is in Spain, so they said it in Castilian. Well, they also tell him he's kicked out of Spain in Castilian. Oh, fuck Castilian. Well, <laughs> I, well, that's fine. I mean, nobody wants to hang out with Los Reyes Catalicos anyway. Esteban and his people are okay with leaving Spain, but before they leave... They carry out one last human sacrifice, you know, just to seal the deal. She's cute, too. Nice tits. Before Restaurant slices off her head with a broadsword. Well, her tits are still cute after that, but, you know, just... <laughs> That's true. Well, what are you going to do, fuck her neck? No. Yeah. Anyway, so Esteban says sayonara to Spain, and he ends up somewhere on the California coast where we meet... Smash cut! Stanley Cooper Smith. It's present day, and the place where Esteban landed is now a military school. Poor Stanley. He's a loser. He's a nerd. He's short. He's chubby. He can't play soccer for shit. 
and he's an easy target for the other kids in his class who call him Cooper Dick. Cooper Dick. Now, is that an insult? Because really, I just, I can't tell. I think it is. I mean, what if I called you Cooper Dick? Well, I think, um, really, I don't know how I would react to that. Why would you do that? I mean, what did I do? What? Why did you call me Cooper Dick? I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't. I'm, we're talking about the movie. That's right. We were. And uh, Cooper Smith Dick ends up on punishment detail. Uh, he has to clean out the basement of the old chapel. And it is, it's a bloody mess down there. Seriously. There are stacks of shit laying around in the corners with sheets draped over them. And the only person down there is drunk old Sarge, who is more than happy to keep heaping abuse on Cooper Smith's head. Sarge is the one who tells Cooper Smith the story about Father Esteban, how he came to America running from the Spanish Inquisition. Well, I certainly didn't expect that. <laughs> this surely makes the chapel a bit iffy, but because there was no way Esteban was going to consecrate the ground, not in a Judeo-Christian fashion anyway, Big Daddy E followed the darker gods, but it's amazing what time and revisionist history can do. Why not build a chapel on unholy ground? Why not? And, you know, I love how this kid just takes it upon himself to knock out a wall in the chapel basement. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> cleaning it is one thing, but extensive redecoration probably is not in the budget. Well, Cooper Smith finds an old altar, a bunch of grim objects that practically anyone in the world would consider to be obviously satanic, uh, like an old book with a pentagram on it, probably bound with human flesh. Ooh, and there are lots of candles. Which he immediately begins lighting. He's pretty good at setting up an altar, as a matter of fact. Lots and lots of damn candles. Really, it looks like this is something Cooper Smith has done before. I mean, you gotta think that lighting all those hundred-year-old black candles in a secret room in the basement of an ancient church is generally a really bad idea. Well, unless, you know, you're into that sort of thing, I guess. Well, that really is a lot of candles. It's like a thousand fucking candles! <laughs> How long must it have taken him to light all of those candles? It's crazy! And all that dark energy is raised, and then there's a fucking fetus in a jar, and it starts trying to swim to the top of the embalming fluid it's in. All of these things are, are things that most people would really just shy away from, if not just run screaming in the opposite direction. But Cooper Smith digs it, and he digs it so much. He takes that book, that grimoire that he finds... The Estebanicon. And he begins to feed passages from the book into a computer for translation purposes. Which raises a question. Oh, boy. You know, questions are one thing that this script cannot handle. Too much scrutiny, and this thing just falls apart. I know, I know, but listen. Okay, so internet usage became widespread in, I don't know what, the mid-90s? Probably about that. I graduated in 1987 from high school, and we did not have computers in my school. I mean, we had a couple of databases, I guess, in the library, but that's that's about it. Okay, so we can assume that in 1981, Internet usage was not a normal thing. Right. I will go with that. Okay. So this computer, which has a fucking Zenith console television as a monitor... And a CPU that looks like a Commodore 64 would take its lunch money is probably not hooked up to the Internet. <laughs> probably not. Okay. I didn't think so. So this computer must have already either A, had a translation of this specific book in it, or B, at the very least, had a complete Latin database in it, because that's the only way this could work. All I'm going to say is it's not impossible. It's not plausible in the least, but it's not impossible. I mean, it's not like it's cool shit anyway. It's all Satan is my salvation. His magic is mine forever, which all sounds like deranged boy band fan fiction. You know, <laughs> the power of the Backstreet Boys is mine forever. I shall quit playing games with thine heart. 
Well, whatever it is, it's got to be better than Google Translate because I can't even translate fucking English into English with Google Translate. It's safe to say that at this point, Cooper Smith's behavior is changing. Now, he was awkward to begin with. Now he's becoming awkward and evil. It doesn't help that his classmates are assholes, rich assholes to boot. Cooper Smith gets called to the colonel's office one day, and he accidentally drops the Estebanicon into the trash can, where it is discovered by... Freelander, the colonel's secretary. (laughs) And... She's one of those hair metal video girls where as soon as she takes off her glasses, she turns into some kind of insatiable sex machine. She's seriously, she is Clark cunt. Inside the office, Colonel S&M is, for reasons only known to his own wrinkled pleasure centers, paddling Stanley Cooper Smith. Giant wooden paddle, and he is just going to town on this kid's ass. Now, Cooper Smith is embarrassed on a couple of levels. Not only is he basically a grown man getting a a spanking that he neither requested nor paid for, but Miss Friedlander can hear every single smack of that flat on his butt, and she is getting off on it. That poor kid. (laughs) After the Paddlepalooza, Cooper Smith gets sent to the farm section of this military academy. This place is self-sufficient. It's got a farm, a chapel, it's like the complete little people playset. So here, Cooper Smith learns how to slop the pigs. And these are big, black, nasty pigs. Seriously, like caged boars. Some kind of experiment from the island of Dr. Moreau. I don't know. Now, the trick here seems to be to get Cooper Smith as filthy as possible. So he's just this dirty, disgusting little man covered with dirt all the time. Right? And when Miss Friedlander finds the Estebanicon, her first instinct is to try to pry the freaking pentagram and the jewels that are in it that decorates the cover. She tries to pry them off. Run the jewels! (laughs) Well, it's interesting to me how the director shows that this character is a gold digger, essentially without her ever even saying a fucking word. I'm saying she's a gold digger. Well, I am. Her messing around with the pentagram has this really weird effect on the pigs. They get all aggressive and start trying to kick down their pen, but they calm down when Miss Friedlander stops mucking about. It seems as though they are somehow psychically linked with that book, which that falls right in line with the teachings of Thomas Aquinas, so we're staying Catholic right down the line. Cooper Smith manages to steal a computer from the computer lab. I don't know how. It doesn't matter. (laughs) He just unplugged the fucking thing and carried it across campus, like you do, and he puts it in his secret lair in the chapel basement and asks it how to perform a black mass. (laughs) Noobs. They're so cute. (laughs) Now, we've already established that there's no internet here, so it becomes pretty obvious in a short amount of time that the evil spirit of Esteban himself has taken over this computer. Seriously, guys, you could not play a game of Oregon Trail on this fucking computer, but it will tell precisely what you need for a black mass. That's a whole different kind of information highway. So so it turns out Cooper Smith, turns out all he really needs to complete the black mass is blood and some consecrated host. So it's like a scavenger hunt. It's like a game. Help Stanley collect his unholy instruments. And it's not like Stanley has lost all shred of humanity here. He's not a total monster. There's the cook who feels sorry for Stanley. He does some nice things for him, makes a mistake when he misses lunch, and he even gives him a puppy. And it's a cute little puppy. You know, something for Cooper Smith to love and take care of. Cooper Smith names the puppy Fred. And you know, that puppy's fucking doomed. Should have named it Victim. And it's such a sweet puppy. It's a dead duck. In fact, when the mean old drunk Sarge, who lives in the basement, comes around and finds the puppy, he tries to kill it, but the computer snaps on like an alarm system, and devil power flows through Sarge's body, and his neck snaps. It twists around so much that there's one shot where you can see his face right above his ass cheeks. (laughs) 
he should have bewared of the dog. Bewared? Well, what's the past tense of beware? Um, be worn, probably. English is stupid sometimes. <laughs> yes, love, it is. I'm sticking with bewared. <laughs> All right. Well, it's around this time that things start to ramp up. First of all, Cooper Smith discovers Esteban's grave marker. Esteban. Esteban. Now, it's this giant fucking marble cross with Esteban's name engraved across it. (laughs) When he touches it, the computer comes on flashing Esteban's name. So, I guess it's like a remote control? (laughs) (laughs) Also... The Military Academy, for reasons I don't claim to understand, is hosting a beauty pageant. This is an all-boys school, and there are no boys in the contest. Nope! It's the Miss Heavy Artillery Contest. The fuck? (laughs) Gets to be objectified in the most horrible and brainless way possible. (laughs) The cadets get drunk. And the popular cadets get hand jobs behind the bleachers, but the real top guys, like the ones who have spent the entire semester harassing Cooper Smith instead of studying, are up to more no good. <laughs> more no beware. They yep. decide to freak our favorite little Satanist out, but good. After the pageant, Cooper Smith tries to talk to one of the heavy artillery girls. Now, the group of bullies surround him and pants him right there in front of her. They all leave him on the ground with his pants around his ankles, which is when, of course, the colonel walks up and finds him. Without asking for or receiving an explanation of why Cooper Smith is suddenly pantsless, he kicks Cooper Smith off the soccer team. And that's devastating to Coop because that was one of the few things that he actually enjoyed doing. It's a bad night for the kid, and it's going to get worse. Or better, depending (laughs) Two sides to every story, even the demonic ones. Um, Cooper Smith goes back to his lair where he does whatever he does. And what he doesn't realize is that his tormentors have gotten there first, and they got beer, and they got chicks. But the computer monitor is still flashing that it needs blood and a consecrated host, but they refuse to steal the consecrated host. One of the cadets actually says, I'm not committing no sacrilege, Bubba. But, of course, the big mean kids kill the puppy. Fucking told you. Uh-huh. I fucking told you. All right. At which point the computer really goes ape shit, and it says it wants human blood for the black mass, not puppy blood. Although, up until that point in time, it refused to be specific about what kind of blood was necessary. The next morning, when Cooper Smith goes back to his dark chapel, he finds his dog's blood on the altar, and he is not happy. And the Esteban 2000 is still crying for human blood and displaying the phrase, I will return. Meanwhile, everybody else is getting ready for the big soccer game. They meet in the chapel for an inspirational speech from the priest in residence, Father Cheekbones. Not his real name. Nor his fake one, but fuck, dude's got the bone structure. This guy really does. He's got fucking bone structure to kill for. It's like, if you could get him in the same room with Peter Murphy and Charlie Sexton, their faces would just fight. They would just automatically just go to war with each other. And it would sound like, it would sound like a xylophone. Hell yes. Uh, suddenly Cooper Smith finds the book that Miss Bad Titty Fuck 1981 stole. It has apparated on the back of Esteban's tomb, which is on fire, so he knows what to do. He stumbles into the chapel and steals the consecrated host, leaving his dog blood handprint behind on the white altar cloth. There's one of the pieces, so one of the teachers sees him do it and follows him downstairs to demand an explanation. That's a really bad idea. Everybody wants a damned explanation in this movie. What are you doing, Cooper Smith? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are your pants around your ankles? Um, <laughs> so say goodbye to this guy, because Cooper Smith grabs him by his military lapels, throws him into the air where he is impaled on, seriously, a spiky wagon wheel chandelier. <laughs> 
Fuck you, Darius Rucker. Uh, but Coop collects his blood in a silver chalice, and that's it. Boom. Puzzle solved. Level up. And Cooper Smith is possessed by the avenging spirit of Esteban. Esteban. Which is fine, because Esteban wants revenge also. As long as everybody's on the same page. <laughs> and honestly, I'm down for whatever. As long as it stops the horrible speech that the priest is giving about the game of life and the head referee. God, so many fucking Christian sports analogies. It's not even funny. Seriously, it's every goddamn Sunday night service you've ever gone to that didn't involve nine hours of singing. <sighs> it is the worst thing. Like, you know, when you go to church on Super Bowl Sunday. And the pastor's like, <laughs> the game, and just starts making this horrible football analogy, and you just want to die, you just want to crawl inside your own asshole. It's that. <laughs> and secretly you wish that you actually watched football so you weren't there. Yeah, because maybe you'd give a shit. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It, that speech is so bad that it makes me realize how well written it is. <laughs> Obviously, the guy here with the screenplay sat through, like, billions of those, and it just ate into his soul like battery acid. Um, anyway, the shit hits the fan. The crucifixes start coming to life. The doors of the chapel won't open. And Cooper Smith rises through the floor of the chapel holding a claymore. There's an explosion and fire. And everyone who tormented Cooper Smith is trapped in that church, as he floats through the chapel, glorious in the day of his vengeance, cleaving the head of the colonel in twain with his mighty blade. And then the pigs come in, the satanic pigs of vengeance, and they begin to feast on the cadets, taking down the fat one first. And in the meantime, Cooper Smith is cutting off heads and floating around, kind of like you imagine Celine Dion does at home, only bloodier. It's weirdly scary. He is very much the avenging angel. Celine <laughs> <Lean> Dion. <laughs> anyway, the meanest cadet named Bubba, Bubba. <laughs> is killing, or he's killed, I'm sorry, he's killed by the reanimated corpse of Sarge. Now, this guy had previously been killed by having his head turned 180 degrees now he has his head on straight, and he flat out murders Bubba by plunging his hand into his chest and pulling out his still-beating heart. Yep, he was Adam's apple of a asshole, but now he is fucking ripping out hearts like it's the Temple of Doom. Then the giant wooden cross at the front of the chapel falls into the fire, and God is defeated, and all the bad guys are dead except for Stanley, if you could call him a bad guy, and that is up for debate. Indeed. And the last thing you see is a graphic stating that Stanley got put away in a happy little asylum. But then the computer monitor of the Esteban 2000 comes back in with a message for the audience. It says, By the four beasts before the throne, by the fire which is about the throne, by the most holy and glorious name Satan, I, Stanley Cooper Smith, will return. I will return. And there's a wall cat and a rage comic, and we all say raffle, and the movie's over. That did not happen. No, it didn't, because the last 20 minutes is fucking awesome, and not even a lol cat could have made it any better. <laughs> well, that's it. That's our dramatic interpretation of Evil Speak. We'll be back after this break with the asking, the answering, and the drinking. And, of course, whatever other madness we find ourselves thrust into. Stay cool. Movies need only three things. Badasses. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons and body counts 
the mathematics of murder and menace. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser-known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. Hugh loves horror movies. I like them cheesy. I like them gritty. I like them campy. I love them all. He married Christy. She hates them. I think they're senseless and upsetting. Listen in as Hugh searches through shelves of DVDs, VHS, and Blu-ray. There are too many of these movies on the shelves. We need to just start getting rid of them. In his never-ending quest to convert his lovely wife to the dark side. <laughs> Come to the dark side. In Christy Christie's Christie's. Hey, we're back for the third act of our little show, and it's time for America's favorite form of friendly interrogation three questions. Question number one. Is Evil Speak truly a devil movie? Nah. <laughs> it's an Esteban movie. Yeah, exactly. It's this it's the spirit of this pissed off dude that died on the shores of California after being kicked out of Spain. I mean, you know, it's cool. It's got some satanic shit in it, but there's the devil doesn't make an appearance of any at all no but let, let me state that this is the second appearance of actor richard mall on kiss the goat who <laughs> we previously pre- yes that <laughs> whom we have seen before in the film night train to terror of Richard Mall on Kiss the Goat. Oh, Jesus. I just want to play slap bass real quick and get a really <laughs> crappy clarinet solo going. I, I've seen Evil Speak two times, I think, now, and I would watch it 200 more times before I would watch Night Train to Terror. <laughs> Farley Superior. Far, Farley, Farley, Farley. No. Farley, 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 far. It's, it's much, yes, better. More better. It's okay. a better movie. Okay. Yes, so, Evil Speak is better than I trained in terror. That is true. So is the most oral surgery. <laughs> and on that note, question number two is, on a scale of one to six, how many horns high do you give Evil Speak? I am going to give Evil Speak three and a half horns high. Um, it could probably have gone higher, but some of the effects are not done extremely well. And kind of getting to that last explosive half hour is a bit of a slog. But all three and a half horns go for that third act where things just go absolutely fucking apeshit. And Clint Howard is floating around the chapel cutting people's heads in half that's just a gorgeous weird thing and when that cross finally falls at the end of act three it really feels there's a weird feeling to it like oh all hope is lost 
Yeah. It's kind of amazing. So that yeah, that third act uh, that's some that's some shit. So. Oh yeah, man. I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, the first time I saw it, I think I was like extremely drunk because I didn't remember a whole lot of it. But on a second viewing, I give it four and a half horns. No shit. Shit, it's a lot of fucking fun. And other than, I mean, the computer bits are really fucking hokey. I could have done without the computer altogether. I would have believed it more if Cooper Dick just, because he had been in military school and had, you know, been exposed to it, I would have believed it more if he had known Latin enough to translate the book to be able to to decipher what it what it needed you know for the black mass so without the computer i thought the effects were great they were fantastic i mean sarge getting his head twisted around backwards and the fucking pigs eating people and then like you said that third act with stanley floating around with richard mall's face superimposed on top of it (laughs) it was great i thought it was just it was a rip-roaring good time from start to finish. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Here's the thing that I love about the computer aspect of it. It was because in the early 80s, we didn't know anything. Remember, Tron came out around the same time Evil Speak did. We <laughs> thought computers could fucking do anything. You know, we had no idea that there were going to be limitations and such a horrible thing as, like, dial-up. You know, we had no <laughs> And, you know, that didn't even stop in the 80s either. That that transcended on into the early to mid-90s. I mean, with, with movies like, what, fucking uh, Johnny Mnemonic and Lawnmower Man. And, Fuck. yeah, seriously. So, the, yeah. Brain scan. Yeah, brain scan. That was fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying there. But I think the, the story and the effects in and of themselves were fantastic, even without the computer shit. All right, last question. Bachelorette number three. If you were a scoop of ice cream, would you be in a cone, a bowl, or my pants? Why would you want ice cream in your pants? All right, let's try this instead. Why should our listeners watch Evil Speak, or should they? Yes! Fucking watch Evil Speak! It's a lot of fun. If I didn't make my point with with question number two, then um, fuck, I don't even know what else I could say to convince you. It's a great flick. It really is. I I enjoyed it a lot. I don't mean to make it sound like I didn't, because um, it is a lot of fun. But it's just you got to get to that third act, man. You got to hang out. You got to hang tough and get through. The main bad guy, Bubba, is played by Don Stark, a very young Don Stark. And if you don't know that name, you'll know him when I tell you he was Bob in that '70s show. <laughs> Mr. Jufro. Yeah, without the fro. And he's kind of hunky, which is weird for me to say, but... And he's young and skinny. And he's an asshole. Yep. That's not the kind of man you expect to be married to. Um, oh, shit, I forgot her name. Tanya, Ro- Tanya Roberts. Blonde chick, yeah. Yeah, Tanya Roberts from fucking Beastmaster and Sheena and <laughs> shit like that. Mm, goddamn. Sorry, tangent. Um... <laughs> anyway, yeah, fuck yes, watch Evil Speak. I mean, we have made, we've left parts out, and there are things about this movie that are so much fun, you have no concept if you've never seen it. So, yeah, watch it. Fuck, it's on YouTube. There you go, freebie. Found it on YouTube, so have at. And like X said, the last 20 minutes of Evil Speak is pretty exciting. You might feel the need for a refreshing drink afterwards. <laughs> but why put off till the end credits what you can start pretty much immediately? Boom. Boom. It's time for America's favorite drinking game, Drink with the Devil, mm. where you can blast your way through a horror movie by getting schnockered with Cootie and X. Ah. Drink whenever Cooper Smith vows revenge. Drink whenever you hear a pig squeal. <laughs> Now, to be fair, we live in Tennessee. That can happen at any time. Um, wait, wait. Purdy mouth. Drink whatever the computer monitor flashes Esteban's name. 
drink whatever you see a pentagram. Finally, our Grandmaster Challenge, drink whenever you hear the name Cooper Dick. <laughs> Please remember that we here at Kiss the Goat do not condone underage drinking or alcohol abuse. However, they've, they've always all worked for us. All right, don't put down that bottle yet, folks. We got a couple of hooch related questions coming up on America's favorite question and answer segment Ask the Goat. Cussing your love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker! You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker! You receive a love letter from me, you're fucked forever! Hooch, huh? Hooch. Hooch. No Turner, just hooch. Ew. Well, how do you know we're America's favorite anything? We're my favorite, and I'm an American. You're a narcissist. I'm an American narcissist. Hey, kids, it's time for Ask the Goat. And the malevolent mailbag is full this week. We don't even have to rummage. No, no rummaging? No, it's practically overflowing today. I like the rummaging. Okay, okay. Rummage, rummage, rummage. (laughs) Thank you. It's the little things that make me happy. (laughs) all right so looks like joe nance once again draws first blood with this question i don't drink vodka but if i'm choosing vodka for someone else what brands should i look for can i please get recommendations in three price ranges okay on the lower price range avoid anything that sounds like a made-up russian word yeah because that shit's rock gut like taaka or Kamchatka, or fucking, I don't know, Pravda. Don't even touch that. Uh, it might be good for cleaning the engine. Uh, that's about it. If it's an old engine and you're not really invested in it. Yeah, if it's like a fucking go-kart engine or some shit that you don't even care about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lower shelf, go Bartons. Bartons, absolutely. Um, if you're looking for mid-range, we really like Birdwell's Vodka. Um, as far as availability here in Knoxville, we found it in what, honey, one liquor store in Knoxville? Yeah, so this may be an online order if you don't have any problems with shipping. But mm-hmm. Birdwell's Vodka, to me, it tastes about as good as Tito's, which is a much higher price. has a slight vanilla edge to it, which I really like. And it's a corn vodka, which you don't find a whole lot. So I would go with that. It mixes really well with Dr. Pepper and or orange soda. Yes. Now, on the higher range of things, um, I don't know. Is Sky a higher-priced vodka? It is. Yeah, go with the blue bottle, dude. Yeah, go with the Sky. If you can't get Sky, if you want to go really higher-priced, the fourth tier, uh, Belvedere is really good. Also, and we can't not mention this, Crystal Head Vodka comes in a fucking glass skull bottle, and that is some of the smoothest vodka I've ever had in my life. It's amazing. You can drink that shit straight and not even wince. So if you can afford the crystal, the crystal head vodka, do the crystal head. Dan Aykroyd is right. Believe that fucking hype. It runs about what sixty to seventy dollars a bottle. Anywhere between fifty to seventy, yeah. Oh. But it's fucking cool, and when it's done, you can keep the bottle like and like shove Christmas lights in it, and it's yeah. an and it's an altarpiece. We have a big one, and we have a miniature. Yes, they're amazing. <laughs> Our next question is from Mike Merriman, and Mike asks, Have you ever enjoyed a hot buttered rum? It happens to be my favorite cold weather cocktail. If not, would you consider making slash trying one and giving me feedback? Mike, I got to tell you, man, hot buttered rum sounds disgusting. That just, that sounds like whale jizz. And I'm from the South. I fucking love butter. It's like (laughs) butter on everything. But hot buttered rum? Yeah, that that just that just sounds like swill. That just sounds like hot fucking garbage. But you know what? Here's the thing. I am an experimenter. I like to be on the forefront of liquor technology. 
So here's the deal, Mike. I'm going to make a crock pot full of hot buttered rum, and I'm going to drink it throughout the entire recording of the next episode of Kiss the Goat. I will start off sober, and I will drink hot buttered rum all through the show so you can track um, how badly I slur and my (laughs) initial reaction to the drink. So there you go. There you go. I'm going to do this. I'm doing this for you, Mike, because you are my friend. Hot buttered rum episode next on Kiss the Goat. That sounds fun. I'm totally in. Let's do it. All right. Well, Joe Nance apparently has a follow-up question to that. He wants to know, have you ever enjoyed a hot butt rub? It happens to be my favorite cold weather tale. If not, would you consider trying one? Um, I'll tell you this, Cootie, I'd love to rub your hot butt. <laughs> well, Joe, in the wintertime, my butt typically is cold. I don't know about everybody else's. Maybe it's just the fat content on the rear end of my my body structure. So I like to roll over on my side and back my cold ass up against X. So he's he's pretty um, pretty familiar with that whole hot butt rub thing because it's got to be warmed up. Yeah, Cold butt, cold feet, warm. Because um, he, he's like a heater. Hands, warm hands. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, shit, we'll rub each other's butts. That's fine. But you're not getting video of it unless you send me some money. Um, Wait, gonna, your credit cards. Yeah, we're going to put a donut, a, a donut, a donate button. <laughs> we'll have a donut button with a picture of Homer Simpson beside it there. <laughs> Donuts. I like the jelly. (laughs) Our next question is from Tony Kimball. Tony wants to know, is there really a Santa Claus? Oh, Oh, Tony. Um, Have you talked to your folks about this? Yeah, maybe give mom a call. I don't really feel comfortable talking about um, whether or not there's really a Santa Claus. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pass this one off to you. No, God, there's not. No, 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 there's not. I'm sorry, dude. There's just not a Santa Claus. Um, it's been members of your family this whole time. Krampus, however. That's totally different. Be scared. Yes. Which let me go ahead and follow that up with this question from Mike Stewart, who wants to know, What's your thoughts on Krampus, since he's basically the Christmas devil? <laughs> Dude, I'm all for any horned being that just makes me giggle on a level that I don't know that I'm willing to face, really. Um, I, like- I, I like a de Krampus, because when we have a de Krampus, I know we're not having the baby. Boom. Let that sink in, because it will. Yeah. It really will. I worked on that joke. I really did. Um. <laughs> Our favorite Scott, Duncan McLeish. Thanks. Duncan. He wants to fill in the blank. The power of Christ compels you to insert oh. your answer here. Wow. The power of Christ compels me to stay away from church. Good one. Wow. That's that was like laser pointed. That was nice. Sorry. Uh. Let's see. The power of Christ compels me to. The power of Christ compels me to question everything the Apostle Paul said. Raw men, brother. That guy. That fucking guy. <laughs> oh, soapbox. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get on it. I'm not going to get on it. I'm just going to say, Paul, <laughs> nah, dude. Nah, nah. All right, another one from Mike Merriman. If the goat needed a day off, what other animal would make a great satanic manifestation? Pigs! Chihuahuas! Oh, yeah, fucking chihuahuas. <laughs> Assholes. Little bite marks on your ankles and little tiny turds in the yard. Fuck those animals. Uh, they're like they're like the mosquitoes of the demonic world, though. <laughs> I like the pigs. They're like big and powerful and terrifying. 
Yeah, fucking boars, dude. Yeah. With the, the fucking tusks, they just yeah. come at you. And they're almost as big as fucking cows. Those guys yeah. Do. All right, so boars or chihuahuas? Yeah, either one would work, I think. I think so, too. So, as always, here on Kiss the Goat, we like to end with a question that's really pretty difficult. So, our friend Alan McPherson asks, What do you think about non-Judeo-Christian devil movies? I am thinking about films like Red Sands or Voice of Fire. This is a hard question, Alan, and it's a great question. Yeah. Um, Cootie and I really spend a lot of time dealing with the Judeo-Christian concept of the devil because that's the background that we came out of. Mm -hmm. So now looking back at that background and dealing with their concept of evil through the filter of B-movies, that's kind of how... I'll that's speak for. Was born. I mean. Yeah, that's 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 kind of how we're reconciling our horrific journeys through Christianity. Um, <laughs> now, as far as movies, like, I haven't seen Red Sands. I understand what it's about. I know it's about the the jinn, which is you know the devil in a different culture. Um, the best example that we came up with that we have seen and that we love is Richard Stanley's Dust Devil. And that's just beautiful. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That's such a gorgeous film. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we may end up covering that on the show one, one time just because I need to see it again mm-hmm. because I'm a huge Richard Stanley fan. But something like that, yeah, absolutely love it. Other cultures' concept of what evil is does interest me. But at the same time, I'm so fascinated by by how the Christians portray the devil as, you know, the lion lurking about, waiting to pounce. It's not like you do a specific thing and the devil has you. It's like he can be anywhere. Like the bitch we talked about on the last show who thinks that the devil's in an energy drink. I mean, that's that is so crazy. It's brilliant, yeah. you know, and it makes me think more along the lines of um, Safe, that that um, movie that Julianne Moore is in, where she ends up being allergic to everything and has to stay inside the house. Because if she leaves, she's afraid she's going to die. That's how Christians see the devil. And that just fascinates me to live in such a state of fear. And I'm not saying that other cultures don't. I'm saying that I am not familiar with enough of those films to really give you a good answer, except that we really liked Dust Devil, and we would probably like Red Sand if we saw it. And we're willing to watch it because that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm willing to expand the concept of my own thinking and of the show to kind of bring that stuff in. A worldwide view of the devil would be interesting. Absolutely. So if you guys have any suggestions for that, please hit us up. Yeah. Um, and you can always send in your questions, by the way. We'd really like it if you would. You can drop us a line at our evil email, which is the code of madness at gmail.com. Or you can join our happy throng of acolytes over on our Facebook page. Hang out with us. Meet the other goat kissers. Make yourself at home. It's as easy as going to facebook.com slash groups slash kiss the goat and requesting entrance into our unholy digital temple which is actually just cool people and lots of pictures of goats. You like goats, right? And while you're on the internet doing your thing, which is totally none of my business, you should drop by our website. You know, Christmas is coming, and we've got some great gifts for the acolytes on your list, even baby clothes. So check us out at kissthegoat.weebly.com. I like it when things are grammatically correct. And iTunes is not grammatically correct. It should be our tunes or the tunes, something like that. Regardless, it is known as iTunes, and we are on it. And the next time you are on it, we would appreciate it greatly if you would leave us a review. We like the big, bold five-star reviews filled with glowing praise and shining character references. Or you could tell us how you really feel. 
whichever you choose, you can find us on iTunes under the Horrorphilia Network banner. <laughs> and as always, all hail our benevolent Horrorphilia overlords for continuing to support us and giving us a home to spread our good-natured filth and chaos all across their bandwidth. Like a thin layer of lube across a mile-long stretch of too-long blacktop on a rainy night. Also, we don't celebrate Christmas, but we do celebrate Yule. Why don't you be a conscientious objector in the war on Saturnalia and send us gifts? We like stuff! <laughs> that we do, X. That we do. And that's going to do it for episode 12 of Kiss the Goat. Be with us next time when we watch something else and X and me too apparently are going to drink a shit of hot buttered rum and you know it's going to be so so hang out with us uh, drink with me baby well you know somebody's got to be the DP what <laughs> you want to do what designated podcaster well, I thought you meant oh yeah I know what you thought I'm Cootie my name is Zach. Hell's sake. and tripped and stumbled all over the ending. So drunk. <laughs> so drunk. <laughs> oh, that's a fun disintegration to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be even better next week when we get some rum. Oh. <laughs> evil, evil mistress. I know. Oh, I love her. All right. I'm I'm hanging up. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, hang. <laughs> you go with the singing, well, kind of singing. Yeah, well, it happened. <laughs>